Welcome to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scott Sadler for Kubota, shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on. Yeah, welcome to the show off the bench. Uh, already round four off to a fascinating start. A couple of big games tonight and a huge weekend of footy awaits us. Uh, great to have your company here on the program. Thanks to our wonderful friends at Kubota. Benny Jones is my name. Uh, joining me, as always, on the program, former NRL Premiership star, winner at the Panthers in 2003, Origin representative as well, Scotty Sattler. Good to talk to you, Sats. Hello, Benny. Yeah, you're right. Um, probably the hardest round, I think, to pick from a tipster's point of view this weekend so far in 2019 um the brisbane broncos of course not only defeated but um walked over by the roosters in their first ever appearance at the sydney cricket ground which is quite amazing um we spoke about it you and i during the week about mm. would they get excited about it at one of the most historical grounds in rugby league yeah. probably the most historical ground or will they get stage fright and it was the latter they got stage fright yeah they don't, they don't want to be going back there anytime soon we're going to talk about that game a little later on in the program because it was uh, the ruthless roosters at their very best or was it just the uh, beleaguered broncos at their very worst maybe a little of column a a little of column b uh, we'll get yep. uh, a look at our makita power player for the week and also uh, we'll uh, catch up with the boys on the driver's seat for a uh, little look at some motorsport as well. So a big, big show ahead. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of tonight's games and, of course, dissecting the Roosters' big win over the Broncos, let's have a little chat about some of the news from the week. On Off The Bench, the NRL News of the Week. Yeah, for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Uh, just a little bit of history in the making potentially this weekend. It may well happen this weekend, Scotty Sattler. Uh, and that is around Cameron Smith. Now, as if he hasn't got enough records next to his name on his incredible rugby league CV. He is on the verge of something pretty special this weekend. Uh, and it's a it's a mark that I reckon when it was first met by Hazamel Masri, and I suppose he's been retired now for over a decade, that we probably thought would would take some catching, but Cam's nearly there. And the thing that falls in favour of Hazamel Masri, Ben, is we never thought it was ever going to be challenged because he was a winger, so you're a noted try scorer as well. As well. He wasn't just a goal kicker. He was yep. a fantastic winger, represented his country. Um, and to be able to score tries, kick goals, and, and hold that, uh, that record, um, and held it for a while now, but now you've got a hooker who's not a renowned attacker of the ball, and what I mean by that with due respect is he never slices through the line, draws a fullback, and throws a dummy and scores under the goal post. Yeah. Cameron Smith, he's always, he's always creating points for others. So to think that he's a guy that has, um, is about and will break the uh, point-scoring record whether it's this weekend or next next weekend, he's done it purely based on kicking goals. Mm. And it's it's mm. quite amazing that uh, not only has he been able to have such a high success rate and conversion rate when it comes to goal kicking, he's also scored a, a fair few tries himself, but not like a winger would, but also yeah. he's played in a in a unit, like a, a team and a, and a club that has always created a lot of points week in, week out. So he's been able, able to uh, reward from that as well. But uh, yeah, a great milestone and... You sort of get sick of it, don't you, from Cam Smith just breaking all these records? <laughs> I'm going to say it right yeah. now here, Benny. He's yep. going to break another record, and he'll he'll play Origin this year for Queensland. Well, hang on, wait. Sorry, uh, you realise we're going there live. You, you can't. Well, I can't edit this out. Let's see. And what you're saying, Cam Smith? I think he'll play. I, I think he'll play at least game one of Origin this wow. year. Wow. 
All right. Well, there's our promo for the week ahead. Unbelievable. Okay, you heard it here first here on uh, Off the Bench. Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power. Cam Smith, our man Scotty Sattler, thinks uh, his origin retirement might soon be a thing of the past. Hey, something else that I thought would never happen, not that I suggested I never thought Cam Smith would wear Maroon again, but I thought it was a long shot. But Gus Gould working at the Sharks, I thought that would be a long shot. Well, not really. I mean, well, he's coached at the Roosters. He's been involved as an administrator at the Roosters. He's coached at the Panthers and an administrator at the Panthers and currently general manager of Rugby League. Mm. Now, we've we've seen and watched with interest over the last week the um, what has now come to light about the Wayne Bennett handshake agreement at the Panthers, the the club chairman of the uh, of the Panthers was also doing a, a deal on the side with uh, with Ivan Cleary and, and just a miscommunication between the two really would have been a battle of egos in the end and and Gus lost out. Now time will tell whether Gus's approach to Wayne was going to be the right decision or whether the, the current decision was the right one for the club. Now it, it looks as though just looking at his body language, Gus's body language, that he feels as though that he is, uh, I suppose he's He's not defeated, but probably not getting, uh, not getting his way. Deflated, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not getting his way is what you, what usually Gus Gould would get from a administration administrative point of view. So, mm. um, Cronulla Sharks have got a young coach in John Morris. He lives in the Sutherland Shire. Uh, it makes sense, and even though that Gus Gould has refuted it, and there's only ever been speculation that this yeah. could happen. And where this all started is that he was seen having lunch with the chairman of the Cronulla Sharks at the Star Casino, who was actually, in fact, also uh, one of the, the the main men at the casino himself. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, put two and two together is going <laughs> to Cronulla. But uh, yeah. in saying that, it, it does make sense, I think, that um, with a young coach and also a, a rugby league department that has been, I, I suppose, been pilfered of, of staff members that have had to make people redundant within their their football office, it yeah. makes sense to bring someone on like a, a Gus Gould to rebuild that from from ground zero and mm. and see whether the Sharks can um, pr- can prosper in the future. Yeah. So whether it is speculative or not, I think it's I think it's a tremendous opportunity for the Sharks and and probably a clean break for Gus Gould as well because it's quite obvious that he is being faced with some um, some barriers at the Panthers mm. at present. Well, certainly set tongues wagging in NRL circles, that's for sure, and maybe an opportunity for Gus to wield the power of influence at another club. We'll have to wait and see that one with a fair amount of interest. A little look at the news of the week here, thanks to Kubota. Right now, let's get stuck into our Friday night preview. It's time for the Friday night NRL preview. Certainly is. Two big games. We're going to focus in on the Panthers and the Tigers, your former club. Uh, very, very soon, Scotty Sattler, uh, your premiership winning club at Panther Stadium, taking on the Tiggy Tigers. And, uh, well, in fact, this is for the time on it. I was going to say the Ivan Cleary Cup, but really that's unfair because we know <laughs> they are playing for the Scott Sattler Cup, uh, Penrith Panthers and the West Tigers, a couple of your former clubs, uh, two of many sats. Uh, but this is obviously a game that's going to have a little bit of feeling in it. Not Well, I guess on that note, Sats, uh, I want your opinion as a former player. And I don't know if you ever had the scenario during your career where you uh, you came up against uh, a side being coached by a former mentor or someone who might have left the club under sort of maybe not the best circumstances. That's the feeling around Ivan Cleary. He said through the week, I'm not going to apologise to, um, to Tigers fans. I, I understand that it could have been handled better, but business is business. I'm here now and I'm focused on the job at hand at the Panthers. Do you think the, the Tigers go into this one with any more focus or will to win or anything or is that all just sort of media beat up yeah no i think the tigers players would absolutely though they feel as though that 
Ivan Cleary walked out on them because he didn't leave the Tigers under a shroud of controversy no. or or the playing group had no faith in him or the the footballing staff and the and the other coaches had no faith in him as a coach. Just I mean, had a better offer somewhere else. It's quite the opposite. Yeah. He's highly respected within the game. And yes, he did do his image a lot of damage by breaking a contract and and the Tigers players would feel as though that he has walked out on them. It's no different to a player breaking a contract and going to another club for yeah. more money when he's actually really well liked at that club. When you play him next time, you feel as though that that uh, he has wronged you as a as a teammate, whatever it may be. It's going to be no difference with Ivan Cleary. These Tigers players are going to want to prove to him that you know what you made the you made a bad option, and we're going to we're going to prove that to you. So mm. there's a lot of spice in this game, not for the Panthers side of it. They've They've got their own problems at the yeah, moment, Benny, absolutely. haven't they, which we're going to touch on. But the Tigers definitely got a greater motivation to um, yeah. to uh, to win this game. I, I guess the, the benefit of it being a former player is you can just go out and line up against him and, and try and smash the living daylights out of him. Uh, whereas when it's an opposition coach, it's a bit harder, but you do want to impress. And I can actually see where you're coming from there when it what comes you to do, the Tigers' Benny, point of view. As an opposition playing group against the opposition coach what you do is you completely shut out and nullify anything that they yeah. do as a team yep. and and try and embarrass him and his coaching tactics yeah. and his structures and that's what they'll try and do tonight they'll lay out enthuse them they'll try and be more aggressive but more importantly defensively they'll just try and shut down everything possible just to make sure that they can send a really a real ominous warning to him to say mm. you know what you know we're a better club than yours and this is how we play, and you're not part of it anymore. Well, uh, you mentioned Ivan Cleary and his concerns being probably a little greater than a few irate Tigers fans, and that is that his Panthers are really battling at the moment. Failed to give a yelp last week against the Storm in Bathurst. Now, we understand the Storm are a force to be reckoned with, a good side, and are going to be a contender at the end of the season, but I know that you expected more as a former Panther. I'm sure they're fans, and I'm sure the playing group expected a better performance than that, and already they are, they are under a fair amount of heat. Big things expected of them this season. I hate saying this, Benny, and I hate saying it publicly, but I will because this is what we're paid for. Um, I've been really embarrassed Mm. by the Penrith Panthers forward pack uh, in the opening round of rounds of 2019. They've got no aggression. They've got no urgency. They they haven't really proved to other clubs within the within the the competition of what they stand for as a forward pack. And basically, what they stand for now is is that they're easy to roll through and they're not aggressive at all. If you get into an arm wrestling with them, you'll beat them every time. And that's not what you, what you want as a forward pack, especially your front row. You want your front row to go out there and make a statement about what this club stands for. If you're going to play against us, it's going to be 80 minutes of heartache for you and you're mm. going to be physically bashed up for next week's game. So um, that's the mindset they've got to take into this game. And, and it's it's it's... Quite amazing how how easily that can transform your side when you have one performance like that becomes two, and all of a sudden it just becomes the norm as a forward pack when you start dominating other sides uh, physically wise uh, in their physicality. Now with the Panthers, Benny, they've got the New South Wales halves and Nathan Cleary and James Maloney. Nathan Cleary is struggling under the weight of now moving out of that that he's got so much potential to now being a a genuine first-grade representative player and having all that pressure that's put on top of him and to have the pressure of, of all the exposure about your father being the coach. And then when you're the halfback and your father is the coach, then any spare moment that father and son have to talk about anything but footy will always revert back to footy. So yeah. you can slowly get burnt out as a player if you're put under that much scrutiny when you're with the amount of pressure that's that's been put on Nathan Clear at the moment. It doesn't matter. There's no excuses. He's just got to handle it. That's that's what he gets paid big money for. So um, 
you know, even though that uh, they've got the New South Wales halves, they've got a, an exciting back line as well who are yet to score a try. Every one of their points this year have been scored or their tries have been scored by someone in the forward pack, and that's embarrassing. So mm. a lot of changes need to happen at Penrith, not with their playing group in, re- yep. in relation to the selections, but just their mindset. Yeah, the mentality of it all. Uh, the Tigers, their opponents, were on the summit for an entire week before they were humbled against the struggling doggy, <laughs> so they need to bounce back. Benji Marshall goes out. Uh, Reynolds comes in for the Tigers. What do you, what do you expect that to do to, to the Tigers? Completely different players, as we know. Uh, one is electric and, again, really spontaneous, the way that he plays with Benji. With Adam Reynolds, uh, sorry, Josh Reynolds is one of those. Yep. He's a little bit like a spiritual leader wherever he goes, Benny. Even if he doesn't play, you can always see him in and around the, the playing group, making sure all the players are... I've seen him in some footage uh, shown in the dressing room, um, footage from the cameras, that where he's just he's walking around just trying to make sure all the players are comfortable and have they got what they need and... And that's a team man for you. So him being out there, one, he'll lift the enthusiasm of the team. Two, he'll lead by his aggression and by example, just the way that the physicality that he likes to get in the face of his opposition. And that spells danger for the Panthers, for the for the mentality there at the moment, because this Tigers team will follow yeah. Josh Reynolds in everything that he does. Now, he hasn't got that blinding speed and he hasn't got those um, those subtle touches that Benji Marshall has got. But what he has got, he's got great passion within the jersey that he wears and um, that's a, it's a, actually a really good inclusion for mm. the Tigers with Benji being out. All right, there you go. Scotty Sattler's thoughts on uh, one of the two big games tonight, the Panthers and the Tigers, uh, who meet at Panther Stadium. Game getting underway reasonably soon. More off the bench to come after this for Kubota Diesel Generators. They are powering Australia. You're listening to Off the Bench, Kubota, shaping Australia. You're listening to Off the Bench, Kubota, shaping Australia. Drive time sale now on. Yeah, welcome back to Off the Bench uh, here, as you've just heard, for Kubota and their diesel generators, which are powering Australia. Benny Jones alongside Scotty Sattler. Uh, a little later on in the program, Sats will uh, nominate ourselves a Makita Power Play. We'll also get uh, Scotty's tips for the remainder of round four. He's in some good tipping form, so make sure you've got the pen and the paper at the ready. But right now... I didn't start off well last night, Benny. No. uh, No, I was going to just paper over that one for you, Sats, (laughs) because we're about to talk about that game as we get stuck into our Thursday night review. Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review. Well, if there is one silver lining to your poor tipping last night, Sats, it's at least that the writing was on the wall pretty early. I mean, you could put this one to bed. By half time, she was just about over as a contest. A big win for the Roosters at the SCG. First visit for the Broncos, and it's not a venue they'll want to rush back to anytime soon. 36-4, the final scoreline before we have a little chat about the game and some of the big moments from it. Our NRL Nation call team, Brenton Speed, Steve Blocker-Roach, Brett Kamali, and our man, Scotty Sattler, last night at the SCG. Here was some of the highlights. Wants to get his hands on it again. Eight and a half gone here. No scorers yet. Now Kerry tapped on effectively by Joey Manu, and Ikevalu scores the first try of the night in the corner. It's a sensational try scored by the home team. They'll numbered up. They had the right numbers the Roosters, but Corey Oates comes off his wing for no reason and commits himself to Joseph Manu. And as you said, just those beautiful slight hands. It barely touches his fingers, Manu. He's just be able to push the ball onto Ikevalu, who does a great job to finish the try under the under the pressure of Jack Burb. Right side attack now. The halves combined. Croc back on the angle. Crichton going to be too hard to stop. There's a big moment for 
Angus Crichton in Roosters Colours. And have they got their second try of the evening? Ashley Klein is sending it upstairs, but saying it's a no try. It looks like it hits the line. That's a try. There's a bit of chalk on it. That's a try. It looks like the ball holds the ball in the air and grounds it in the end goal. Clearly glanced the chalk and Blocker Roach saw it very early on. Yes. Angus Crichton has his first goal, uh, first try rather, as a rooster. Through Farmer Silly out there now, now Cronk. Flat ball for Orbison. He's going to go over. It'll be 18-0 once the kick goes over. And Mitch Orbison's only been out there for a few minutes. He scores a try off a beautiful try assist from Cooper Cronk. It's 16-0 with a kick to come. The boom Broncos forward who has been linked with a move to the Roosters. Maybe if Cronk retires, there'll be room in the salary cap for Pangai. Now Tedesco up the middle. Oh, Tedesco. Teddy is over. A solo try to make it 26-4 with a kick to come and 16 to go for Makita's cordless power garden range. Now, this is where he's so good. We were talking about his attacking on both sides, but through the middle to this season, Tedesco too strong. Here going. Oh, the offload as well. What a night he's having. Some kind of improvised play there by the Roosters. Now on the last, Kiri kicking crossfield. Up goes Tupo. Was he taken out? It might not matter. The ball spilt the way of Mitch Orbison who dots it down. The referee will want to go upstairs and have a look at it all, but Orbison is celebrating a double at the moment. Well, it looked like to me that it was a little bit... We'll have to see the replay, whether there was a push in the back from one of the Roosters players going for the football on the Broncos. They got tried. Like Brighton now towards Orbison. Touch pass. Flicked it up to Latrell. Big kick on the left boot. Tedesco chases, up he goes, knocked on no, by the Broncos, and Joey Manu has scored. No. Good luck in the bunker, checking all that out. It might be 36-4 with a kick to come, but I don't know, there was a lot going on. Oh, the Harlem Globetrotters are in town at the moment too, aren't they, in Australia, putting shows on. The on-field call by Ashley Klein is a try. Because the Premiers are looking good, and the Broncos are battling. Full-time scoreline at the SCG on NRL Nation. The Sydney Roosters 36, the Brisbane Broncos 4. So, a lot of Roosters highlights there. They were brilliant. The Broncos were pretty ordinary. And uh, a 36-4 scoreline, the end result. Sats, you were there to witness it all for NRL Nation at the SCG. Uh, what, was your, what was your initial reaction at that, uh, at that final whistle? Well, I don't know whether it was a complete Roosters performance or whether they came up against a side who just didn't have anything in their their arsenal. Yep. They didn't have enough to throw at them. Now, on paper, they do, the Brisbane Broncos, but I'm not really, not really happy with the way they're playing. Watching them from a spectacle point of view, they feel as though they're struggling, Benny, to get into the structure that Anthony Seabold requires them to play. And that was always going to happen after having a coach like Wayne Bennett, whose game plan is very basic, very simplistic, it's all based on really good defence, not making mistakes and being really aggressive. And they just they can't find the balance, and it's going to take them a while to do that. How, how long, Sats, do you give a club uh, the stature of the Brisbane Broncos? We're four weeks into the season now. If this is still happening in another four weeks, I mean, there'd have to be some big concerns. Yeah, but you, what you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to be able to shelter yourself and the playing group from the outside interference, mm. the expectation of the public and the media who are in a one-team town are going to put a lot of pressure on the Brisbane yeah. Broncos. So what you've got to do as a, as a group, you've got to say, listen, we know it's going to take time. We said this in the preseason. It's going to take time for us to, everyone to understand their roles and everyone to get into their systems and know what their role is and owning their role. And if, if they haven't found it by round 
round nine or ten, mm. that's when I think you start to panic about whether whether the coach actually has got the right structure for the players that he's got within his playing group. Because everyone has their own philosophy, and you never change your philosophy. But when it comes to your game structures and your and your game plans, yep. you've got to suit to what the athleticism and the and the abilities of your playing group. Because not every structure fits every playing group. So mm. it'll start being questioned about halfway through the year if they're in the same position about whether yeah. that game plan is going to work for the Broncos and whether Anthony Seabold may have to go back and, mm. and revamp that. Back to basics. 22 zip, as I mentioned, at the halftime break with the uh, Chooks in complete control. Uh, went into the game without Jared Wirra Hargraves. No Jake Friend either. So they're a little under strength, but we know their depth is quite incredible. And one of the great things I loved about the coverage, uh, and it's not the first time they've done this uh, on, on Fox Saturday, uh, that's his Craig Bellamy's input, Bellamy's bunker, as they called it. Well, they <laughs> spoke to him in the second half, and he, he said, and this is a big call from Craig Bellamy, who's not prone to making big calls. He thought the first 40 minutes that the Sydney Roosters put together was about as complete a performance as he'd seen from any club, any team in a long, long time. Do you reckon he's pretty close to the money, or is it more an a, a indication of just how, how below par the Broncos were? Well, no, sometimes you... I mean, that is a question you can ask, Benny. Like you said... Look, below par Broncos but you don't worry about your opposition you worry about yourself and yep. what you can do and and whether you're completing all the assignments that were that were put to the team before the game and I think he's right they only had two missed tackles at half time they made the Brisbane Broncos make 100 more tackles than what they had at half time basically yeah. the game's finished then yep. when you you when you're asked to make 100 more tackles or double what you've made um and it's an amazing insight, isn't it, with Bellamy? I never thought Craig Bellamy would do something like that. He's never been a person yeah. who really put himself out there. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. I love the I love the insight. It's like he's Yoda. It's like he's just sitting <laughs> in this little dark room and no one actually knows where he is. And they said, "Let's go to Yoda." Make more and, tackles, um, you must. Yeah. But <laughs> when he says it's a complete performance, it doesn't surprise me because yeah. Cooper Cronk played the first forty minutes. Yeah. Oh. Whereas the second forty minutes, when he went off about five or ten minutes into the second half. Yep. Yep. The Roosters fell apart a little bit. They had no organisational skills. Um, they they made a lot of uncharacteristic errors. They're making uh, defensive decisions they don't usually make. Yeah. And um, so it, it doesn't surprise me that that first half performance was so complete. And, and again, it just outlines how important he is to a team. Doesn't matter how old he is. Yeah, it's a, it's a great insight. You, I can't believe like that stat you've brought up there, which I wasn't aware of. The the Roosters only missing two tackles to half time. It sounds brilliant in its own right, but then when you put it in the context of the Broncos missing 53 for the entire night, um, yeah, it probably shows you why the scoreboard ended up the way it did. You mentioned Cooper Cronk. Now, he was involved in a couple of uh, incidents, uh, one in the 19th minute involving Tevita Pangai Jr. I'll get your thoughts on that shortly, Sats, but from a Roosters point of view, the hammy looked pretty good. Obviously, uh, held up. He, he was taken off as a precautionary measure after 52 minutes, but he laid on three tries in that opening half, and yeah, player of the class of Cooper Cronk, even with a couple of weeks on the sidelines, he just really picked up where he left off. Yeah, he did. It didn't surprise me. The hamstring wouldn't bother him because he wouldn't come back because anyone who knows Cooper knows that he makes decisions based on Cooper yep. and he does it with the best interest of himself and the side. Always has. Very unselfish. And uh, he would have made himself um, made, him, made himself aware and the, and the club aware that yep. when he's going to take the field that he's done everything humanly possible through his rehab the way that he looks after himself that at 35 mm. which again those hamstrings and calf muscle injuries they're old man injuries you, you get them when when your body's just saying to yourself 
hey, hang on a sec, you, you're putting yeah. the body under too much pressure. So he would have looked after himself, ensured that he got on at 100%. He did get on the field, played an amazing role, like you said, in that first half, just these nice little slight touches that were hmm. the difference between the Broncos and, and the Roosters. And then you throw on top of that our, our um, man of the match, um, CRT man of the match, who which was... Uh, Luke Keary, number six, yeah. who just was involved in everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mentioned the the late hit on Cronk from Tavita Pangai Jr. There was some pretty emotive language that was used during the commentary at the time, and I know that social media maybe blew up a little bit off the back of that. You saw it unfold live. You've seen the replays, uh, Tavita. Um, was it as bad as everyone made out? Uh, no, it's not, and I'm part of the minority here, Benny, um, yeah. because we heard the commentary during the game, and we've heard some some of the greatest halves we've ever seen in the game and Johns and and Thurston, uh, to name a couple, coming out and saying it's a dog shot, it's a low act. And JT's been... He was outspoken on that in his last season too, wasn't he, about the the, the late hits on on ball players? Yeah, he is. Um, Now, I'm going to go into defence of... Not Tavita Pengai Jr. Just just on that, he's looking at a three-week suspension for dangerous contact. Yep. Um, if he fights that, he'll probably and found guilty to get three weeks. He could maybe get that downgraded or he can just plead guilty and accept the three, which I think they probably might do. Now, uh, in saying that, I'm going to go into the mindset of the forward. And listeners have got to understand, and I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying this is how it happens in rugby league. The coaches say to forwards, always hit on suspicion. And what they mean by that is if the player is about to pass the ball, you've got to hit him just in case he throws a dummy. Yep. If he throws the ball, make sure he knows that you've got pressure on him. Mm. And so that is the mindset of the player. And the, the player is in a robotic-like fashion, is told that you've you've always got to make the halfback, uh, make sure he realises he's under a lot of pressure. Now, halfbacks, the really good halfbacks, like your Cronks, like your Johns, like your Thurstons, like your Lockyers, mm. like your Kieran Foran, just to name a few off the top of my head, they're the players that like to, what they call, engage the defensive line. And they, they go so far into the defensive line, they're expected to get hit. Yep. Because they know that if they are going deep into the defensive line that it actually is creating an opportunity for their outside mm. players. So that's the role that they take on, and that's the style of play that they play. Now, to, the way that a halfback passes the ball like Cooper Cronk did last night, and Tavita Pengai Jr. is coming in from behind him, he probably anticipates that he has thrown the ball, but because Cooper Cronk's body is shielding any vision of the ball from where Tavita Pengai Jr. He, is coming... He can't be certain, yeah. yeah. He is hitting on suspicion yep. just in case Cooper yep. Cronk throws the dummy. So there is an argument for, and mm. there are plenty of arguments yeah. against why that shouldn't have happened right. last night or should have happened last night. So um, I just think that we sometimes get emotionally caught up in some of our greatest halves, mm. and they're... Uh, they're, they're um, their opinion of the of the matter, and I don't buy into the whole. Uh, Joey said last night, and, you know, and this is all with respect to, to Joey, who's uh, you know the greatest halfback I've seen, but um, him saying that Tavita Pangai Jr. is 30 kilos heavier and and putting that much force on another player of Cooper Cronk's size is going to create damage. I don't buy into that because you go onto the field at 75 kilos playing up against guys at 120 kilos and that never comes into significance whatsoever and should never come into significance at all because it has come into the AFL debate it has. Benny, yep. I know last year, and it's wrong. Yeah, well, uh, Tavita's got a case to answer. They do get Payne Haas returning next week, uh, the Broncos, from his uh, club-imposed suspension, but they uh, might be one in, one out 
based on what we've seen so far. They have to dust themselves off quickly uh, because the Tigers are their next opponents next Thursday night. The reigning premiers look to be hitting their straps. They get a decent rest before they face the Sharks in Cronulla next Saturday. So there is our Thursday night review. The Broncos given a fair old touch-up by the Roosters at the SCG, 36 points to four. We'll take a quick break. A driver's seat preview. That's coming up for you next. And then we'll nominate a Makita Power Player. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, time for a little bit of motorsport chat. Uh, thanks to Kubota Shaping Australia. And uh, i tell you what, we've got plenty to look forward to in the world of motorsport. V8 supercars underway, the Formula One championship not the best start for Dan Ricardo, but that is in full swing and the boys will be back this Sunday Maddie, Steve and the crew for the driver's seat uh, this week on the program they'll catch up with one of Australia's leading drivers in Garth Tander a special guest on the show so here on off the bench we'll give you a little sneak peek AU <laughs> you're also moving on to uh to something different you also gave Stevie Richards a hand after after Adelaide when he had his <laughs> yep. his issue in the in the Carrera Cup there obviously it was a was a pretty big shunt he actually didn't make the weekend so you know no. how how much was that uh like pushing the limits to try to get that car ready for the AGP because it was pretty messed up wasn't it yeah, it was. I mean, I saw um, just on social media that he was involved in the song, and, uh, and it was a pretty big one in the weekend. So I knew that he'd be leaving Adelaide that Thursday heading back to Melbourne. So, And he only lives 10 minutes from me. We've been mates forever. So um, I shot him a text and said, mate, I know you're probably heading back. You need a hand. Let me know. Because that would have been Friday, which was, I think, qualifying for supercars. And the last thing I yep. wanted to do on my first weekend off is not be sitting on TV and watching it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Keep yourself busy. And, um, and yeah, so Richo was like, oh, yeah, absolutely, mate. So um, so we got the car stripped as quickly as we got the car stripped Friday Arvo and got it into the panel shop. Uh, so we went in the panel shop, I think, Saturday morning. So gave him sort of an extra day to help get ready for the for the AGP because it's a turnaround. Turn so... Um, as you guys probably know, I've always been pretty hands-on throughout my whole career working on cars as well. So never worked on a Porsche before, so I know how to pull them apart. I don't know if I'm any good at putting them back together. <laughs> and you, you just mentioned there that you know your first weekend of not being at Supercars uh, as a main game driver, the last thing you wanted to do was sit there and watch it. Um, it. Obviously, we know that that unexpectedly you're not driving in the main game this year. Have you spoken to Gary since the season started? Like, has there been any communication there? And how was it? Was it frosty or was it zero? Um, no, it's been pretty curt. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I certainly haven't rung him up and asked him if you want to go out for a latte or a bike ride. <laughs> he's not a fan of the. Um, uh, he's not a fan of the latte bike riders, is he? Yeah, well, they'd probably want to take the coffee machine out of the GRM lunchroom then. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So look, no, we haven't talked, and 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 um, you know, there's been a bit of logistical stuff as far as you know, getting company cars back and all the rest of it, but certainly haven't spoken too much and I actually saw him before they went to Adelaide when I was picking up some stuff from the workshop and um, and I just sort of said well good luck because I think you're going to need it so um, yeah they'll have, they'll have a tough year ahead of them. So Garth Tander joining the boys this Sunday make sure you catch Matt, Steve and the gang it's the driver's seat each and every week covering all things motorsport. Time now on Off the Bench to nominate our Makita Power Player of the Week. Time to nominate our Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range, the Landscaper's Choice.
Uh, it is indeed uh, Makita's cordless power garden tools helping you power through the toughest of jobs, Makita, when power means a business. Uh, the highest of highs in sports, Scott Sattler, and the lowest of lows. Well, Erin Phillips experienced those last Sunday when she uh, led her beloved Adelaide Crows to their second AFLW Premiership. She was awarded the best on-ground medal, and I know you and I have butted heads over this through the week. She um, tore her ACL and the partway through the third quarter and couldn't take any further part in the game. But what she'd done up until that point was deemed good enough to be the best player on the field. Uh, I want to nominate her uh, for our Makita Power Player. 19 of a possible 21 votes in a stellar season in the uh, MVP awards in the AFLW competition. She's um, she's some sort of an athlete, isn't she? Yes, she is, Ben. It's, it's an amazing achievement, the numbers that she threw up and only play half a game in that AFLW yeah. grand final. But also... A lot of people out there mightn't realise the, the history she's had with another cross codes as well. A silver yeah. medalist in the Olympics with basketball. Uh, did you, correct me if I'm wrong, she went through the, the World Cup of basketball where they won a silver Yeah, they won a silver medal. Well. Right? A couple of uh, WNBA titles over in the States where she was a, a high priced commodity over there as well. So, I mean, she, she, she ticked just about every box from a basketball point of view. But her, her number one love growing up as a, as a young girl, as a kid, because uh, her dad was a very, very successful footballer, uh, Greg Phillips, one of one yep. of the uh, the best through the eighties and early nineties, uh, was AFL. But she, obviously, like a lot of girls up until recently, had experienced, got to the age of about ten or eleven or twelve, and then they said, "Well, that's it. You can't play with the boys anymore. Either find a girls' team or go and play another sport." And then she ended up playing basketball. So it's been an incredible path for Erin to get to where she is today. Yeah, it is, and. Um... Yeah, you know, what I love about the AFLW, Benny, and also the NRLW is that the rugby league players are kids that have come through the junior, yep, junior projects and the, and the junior development programs and and playing junior rugby league, and they come into their local rugby league and then the second tier, and they they make their NRL debuts, whatever it may be. Mm. Whereas the AFLW and the NRLW, they're coming from an array of sports. Yep, yep. You know, rugby union, AFL players, there's cricket players, there's tennis players. They're all these cross codes it's um it's something we've never seen in these contact sports that it's so yeah. many cross code athletes good on the on the night of the mvp i just want to play a little excerpt here sats of erin phillips uh, acceptance speech it was very humorous uh, and a nice little touch here's what she had to say after receiving yet another aflw award my dad obviously played footy and when i was born people people felt sorry for him because he didn't have a son to play footy someday and carry the Phillips name. So, Dad, I know you're watching, and Mum, I hope I've made you proud. And you can stick it up those people that said that to you. <laughs> so there you go, Sats. A great moment from uh, earlier on in the week as Erin Phillips received her MVP award for the best and fairest in the AFLW competition. And, Benny, that's groundbreaking, that, because we know as, as males that when our mum and dad have sons, they... Yeah, you know, their mates say to them, man, how, how great is that they're going to be able to carry, carry the, name. the tradition yep. or whatever it may carry be. Carry the now, family now. Yep. We, we know that that's now changed. And that's, yeah. that's an amazing message well, she's just sent. Uh, Makita's cordless power garden range when power means business. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. Full Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Sats as tips for the remainder of round four. They're coming up for you next. Let's see who the lads like this weekend. It's Badge and Sats NRL Tips. 
Yeah, we'll just get Sats to look after these because he's a runaway leader between the three of us this season to date. Uh, four Kubota diesel generators are providing reliable backup power you need when you need it most. We're at round four and what's left of it. Uh, let's look to three games on Saturday. Scotty Sattler, Seagulls and Rabbitohs at Lotto Land to start. I'm going to take the Rabbits, even though they've got... Um, well, at this stage, I don't think G.I. will play, but he may surprise us. Braden Burns out. I know the Seagulls have Tommy Trebojevic about the back. They were great last week against the Warriors, but yep. I just think overall the Rabbits are just travelling a little bit better as a, as a team. What about the Cowboys and the Raiders at 1-300 smile Tough. sats? This is a tricky one, because I know you've been somewhat impressed by the Raiders. They've played well in patches. The Cowboys, after starting so well, no JT. Uh, Tell Lolo, of course, I'm referring to there, have looked a, a little worse for wherever the past couple of weeks uh, no I'm going to take the Raiders yep um, purely I, th- I love the way their their forward pack is playing led by Josh Hodgson if, if they can handle the forward pack uh, and the, the size and the mobility of of the forward pack of the Cowboys I think they have a far stronger back line overall the Raiders so I just think if the forwards can confront up and really control the Cowboys I think the back line will, will do the job so I'm going to take the Raiders. Alright, this one's intriguing too. Eels, Sharks uh, ANZ Stadium Saturday night what do you like here Sats? I like the Sharks I think they're one of the competition favourites um, if they keep winning while Wade Graham is out and I was talking to Wade Graham on Thursday night mm. and Wade Graham was saying he should be back probably late May that he's in full training okay. now. They'll give himself another another month and a bit before he comes back. So if they can keep winning, I think they're one of the premiership threats. I'll take the Sharks. I like what the Eels are doing. No Dylan Brown, which is yep. which is uh, really tough for an 18 year old to go through what he's going through with his possible stress fractures in his mm. lower back. So I'm going to take the Sharkies. All right. Speaking of premiership threats, the Storm are always in that conversation. Mm. They kickstart Sunday with a home game at Amy Park against the Bulldogs. Yeah, Storm Bulldogs. I think they're paying six dollars fifty. If they yeah. if they win this, the Bulldogs, it'd be one of the biggest upsets in mm. in recent memory. I think with the way the Storm are playing, so Storm pretty easy. Cam getting the record on the day. Uh, he needs nine. Yeah, I think he will. He needs nine. I think he so. will. Yeah, all right. And I think it'll be a, a it'll be I think it'll be a field goal. Oh really? Yeah. No. No. It'll be a goal <laughs> kick from the sideline. I hope it is a kick from the sideline. All right. And to wrap us up, the Knights and the Dragons at McDonald Jones in Newcastle. I think this is the toughest one. I'm going to take the Knights because Carlin Pong has gone back to fullback. Mason Lenor plays in the number six jersey. He's a really good player. Dragons, of course, no Gareth Widdop. Uh, yep. Matty Dufty's back in there. But um, I think their concerns will start to resurface with Norman going back to 5'8". So uh, I'm going to take the Knights. All right, there you go. The thoughts of Scotty Sattler, round four, the remainder of it, and his tips for the weekend of footy ahead. Just before we sign off, uh, Scotty, what are you looking forward to uh, this weekend in the world of sport as we embark on a big Saturday and Sunday ahead? Well, you just mentioned it, Benny. It's the um, the Storm and the Bulldogs game at Amy Park on Sunday. Cam Smith needs nine points to break Hazemel Masri's record. Yep. And ironically, against the team that yeah. Hazemel Masri played his whole <laughs> career with, the Bulldogs. Yeah. So, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to seeing where the NRL actually, or Melbourne Storm, bring Hazamel Masri to Melbourne oh, yeah. to be there in case he does break it. I be think nice that would be a really touching it? moment. Yep. And um, it's all just set up for a, a really fluffy, nice moment for rugby league, <laughs> just, I think. Just another one for Cam, who, just to repeat the news for our listeners who might have missed the start of the program, will be fronting up for Kevy Walters and the Queensland Origin side in Game he will 1. will be. He heard you it heard here. it here first. Sats is taking that you, one Benny? to the bank. What are you looking uh, for? Yeah, to? well, for me, uh, it comes with a little bit of bittersweetness about it, but um, the grand final rematch in the AFL this Saturday night, uh, my mighty pies take on the West Coast Eagles, the reigning premiers. Why do you want to relive it, mate? I don't want, to, re- want, to, relive I don't want to relive it. I want our boys to exact some oh. revenge and win by about 70 points. 
points, You're but it probably sadist. it probably won't play out like that. But you know, it'd be nice if they could replicate the. Uh, are the you closeness. happy where your pies are sitting in the first three rounds? Uh, pretty happy. I'll be even happier yeah. if they get a win on Saturday. But uh, just the way they're playing, you happy? Yeah, with the way re- they're re- reasonably happy. I think Geelong at the moment yeah. are setting a decent pace, and then you've got the Brisbane Lions, who uh, I get to see every couple of weeks. I reckon they're. Uh, they're a real exciting team to watch they're play for. They're smoky, footy. aren't they? They are, Not definitely. for the premiership, but they're no, no. smoky for that, for the for top that eight. fifth, sixth, seventh yep. position. Absolutely. Um, also, what, Essendon, Melbourne, premiership favourites or Battling. front runners? Battling. Really struggling. Yeah. Well, they play tonight, so the loser of that goes Norton 3. And, you know, it's almost season over type sort of setup. Hey, uh, also the countdown of the US Masters, Sats. I know it's a week away, but it'll start oh. this time next week. Round one will have been done and dusted. And hopefully, we say it every year, hopefully we'll have a couple of Aussies up towards the I want to see Mark Leisham. Leishman, yep, just break his duck because be nice, he's always there, isn't he? He's in and the every mix. golfer, yep. every golfer that's on the tour, they all talk about that they know that he's this guy that's always yep. just, just chips slowly away. creeping up behind them. Absolutely. So uh, a big week of golf ahead as well. This has been Off the Bench for Kubota. Sats, you have yourself a great weekend. We'll catch you same time next you week. You too, Benny.